good morning, church family. How are we doing this morning? It's good to see you guys all here. I know it's kind of a weird week, that week between Christmas and New Year, so I know we have a lot of folks traveling, and we have uh, a lot of our members that are traveling to be with family this week. So we're glad that you decided to spend your Sunday morning here with us. I know we have some guests with us this morning. We want you to know that you are indeed our honored guests this morning, and I hope that you will find our church to be a welcoming church for you this morning. It's great to have our Spanish congregation with us this morning as well. Um, so that's nice. And what I want to talk to you guys just a little bit about this morning is it's about new beginnings. And this time of the year, you know, we've made it through Christmas. We hopefully still have money in our bank accounts. And now we kind of shift our focus into next year. And it's that time of the year where we start to see New Year's resolutions. And I think we'll have some PowerPoint here in just a moment for you. Um, but this time of the year, we start to think about, uh, we start to think about and we start to talk about what is this new year going to look like? Now, I don't know what your last year looked like. For some of you, maybe it was the best year of your life. For others of you, maybe it was the most difficult year of your life. And I don't know where you fall on that spectrum, or maybe you're somewhere in between, where it wasn't necessarily a great year, but it wasn't a bad year. You're just kind of, eh, it was okay. This time of the year, we start to think about what is 2020 going to look like for us. And it's going to be different for all of us, of course. And we're going to sit down and start making lists of like things we want to do this year that we're going to do better at. Maybe we're going to eat better. I know I certainly need to do that. Or maybe we're going to give up a habit that we need to give up on. And those are all good things. There's nothing wrong with those types of call them resolutions, call them goals, whatever the case may be. But I thought this would be a great opportunity for us as the body of Christ to come together and think about what are some things that maybe we need to do better in 2020 so that we can improve our relationship to Jesus Christ. Because all those other things are good and great, and I'm certainly not saying don't do those things. If you have changes that you need to make in your life and, and the new year is a good starting point for you to do that, by all means, do that. But what I want to look at for just a few minutes this morning is what are some things that all of us as Christians can do better in 2020 than what we did in 2019? And maybe you're already doing these things, so maybe this is just a refresher, or maybe, like some of us, you've kind of fallen off the wagon on a few of these things, and it's time to revisit these things. So this morning, we're going to take a look at four areas that we as Christians can do better in or resolve to do better in, so to speak, in 2020 than what we've done in 2019. So... Let's jump in. The first one we're going to talk about is putting God first. So if you would, open up your Bibles, because I want you guys to follow along and study along with me this morning, to Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 38. So again, Matthew 22, 37 to 38. And it reads, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So I love the wording of this scripture. It doesn't say with some of your heart and some of your mind. It says all. Now, I think when we're reading the Bible, we have to, we have to pay attention to the wording that these things are said in. And especially when we're looking at the words of Jesus. When he says that we should do something, then we need to do whatever that thing may be. And we're talking about putting God first, and that's something that we can really focus on as we move into the new year. 
Sometimes I think we do a really good job of putting God first, and sometimes I think we don't. And I know I I can be guilty of that as well uh, sometimes. I'm certainly not pointing any fingers, but we need to put God first in everything that we do. So you're asking, how do we do that? Well, it's very simple. We need to have a God-focused life in the decisions that we make, in the places we spend our money, and in the things that we do. We should always be putting God first. Now, for some of us, it's easier than others, right? I, I have the, I'm blessed to work at a church where I get to be in the Word every day, and I get to be in prayer every day, and I get to be focused on the Lord's work every day. But it's not always so easy when that's not the case. And I went through many years of my life where, that, where I worked in sales. And talk about a place where it's hard to keep God first. Go work in commission-only sales. It's really hard because you're faced every day with that decision of what am I going to do? Am I going to tweak things a little bit over here? Am I going to say to the customer whatever I need to say to the customer to get the sale so that I can make the money? Or am I going to put God first and do it the right way? See, it can be as simple as making sure that the decisions that we make and the things that we do glorify God. And that can be in our everyday life, the things that we do and the things that we say and the places that we go and the things that we do. But we have to always remember to put God first. I didn't put it in the sermon this morning because it's a little bit on the long side. But if you guys have time, uh, Denzel Washington has a great video on YouTube. It's from a commencement speech that he did. And I shared this with my youth group a while back. So if you get time later on, um, just Google uh, Denzel Washington commencement speech. But he does a fantastic speech about the importance of putting God first. Because you'll find that when you put God first and you focus on him, then you're going to tend to stay on that path. So in 2020, as we get ready to move forward into this new year, we got to remember in the things that we do and the decisions that we make that we're always putting God first. Whether that's our money, whether it's our time, whether it's as simple as it's Sunday morning, am I going to go to church or am I going to go play golf? When we go to church, instead of doing something else that we might rather do, we're putting God first first. And just like any relationship that you may have, we all want to feel like we're being put first, right? I mean, I think that's human nature. If you're married, you don't like it when your spouse doesn't put you first. If you're a a son or daughter, you don't like it when mom and dad don't put you first. That's just human nature. Well, guess what? We're made in God's image and he's the same way and he wants to be put first in your life because that's how you tell him, God, I care about you enough to make you a priority. So put God first. The next thing I want to take a look at is reading the Bible. Now, this is an interesting one because we are in this amazing place of technology where we can have the Bible in so many different forms, right? We've got the hard copy Bible. You all have one in front of you in the pews, right? You've got your iPad. You've got your laptop. You've got your smart TV at home. And we all have these amazing devices in our pockets that can do just about everything a computer can do, if not more. And they have an app for the Bible. And I know a lot of you have it because a lot of you have talked to me about it. But we don't have an excuse anymore for not spending time in the Word because we have it so readily available. And I get that we're busy. We're all busy. I'm a student. I have a full-time job. I've got two young kids and a teenager. Trust me, I know all about busy. But we really don't have an excuse anymore because we've got the Bible every place we go. Because the one thing that you don't leave home without, well, maybe the two things, is your wallet and your cell phone. 
So if you've got your cell phone, you've got the Bible. Now, I want to encourage you guys to try something different if you haven't already. The Bible app has an option where it will read to you. And if you haven't tried this yet, I want to encourage you to do so. Number one, it can be a huge time saver because you can have it on in the car or while you're doing dishes or while you're folding laundry. But I personally have found that when I listen to the spoken word of the Bible, I'm really able to just kind of get lost in it and to absorb it and to really just focus on what's being said instead of worrying about turning a page or worrying about what's the next verse or worrying about where the breaking points are in the stories. I can really just focus and absorb. So if you haven't tried that, I'm going to encourage you to try that and just see if that's something that works for you. And and maybe it will. It works really well for me. I love it, but maybe it won't. And that's okay. Maybe you just prefer to have that, that physical Bible in front of you. You like the sound of those pages and you want to write notes in the margins and you want to highlight and that's great. But the point is that we make time to do it because we have time to go to two and a half hour movies and we have time to watch three hour football games go cowboys and we have i knew i'd get an amen on that one and we have time to be on social media and we have time to binge watch shows on netflix but the number one thing people tell me is why they don't read the bible more is i don't have time guys it goes back to point number one which was putting god's first it's where is that priority Because if you don't make it a priority, you're not going to get it done. It's like anything else. We have to make it a priority. And again, maybe that's listening to the Bible app on your commute in the morning. Or maybe it's on your lunch hour. I know some folks that like to get up and first thing in the morning, they jump in the Bible at 5 a.m. That's not this guy. I'll I'll promise you that. I'm not a morning person. That doesn't work for me. That is not my good time with God is not at 5 o'clock in the morning. I wouldn't get anything out of it. He wouldn't be able to understand me. It just wouldn't work. But maybe that is what works for you. Maybe you're a morning person and you like to do that. You want to start your day in the Word. No better way to start or end your day than in the Word. So I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to try and listen to it and really listen to the words. But let's see what Scripture has to say about it. In Romans chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. So Romans 15, 4 and 5, it's also on the screen for you. It says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through the endurance taught in the scripture and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. It says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. Now, there's lots of different scriptures in the Bible about the importance of scripture and about the importance of the word. You know, John starts off with God is what? The Word, right? And the Word was God. So, again, if you want to build a relationship with anybody, how do you do that? You spend time together. If you're not spending time in the Word, how do you grow closer to God? Because you don't know Him. A lot of people will tell you, well, we don't really need to read the Old Testament because we really aren't under the commandments of the Old Testament. I'm not going to get into that whole debate of whether that's true or not. But what I will say is, When you read through the Old Testament, you find a lot about who God is and what his plans were for us. Now, yes, we're under the New Covenant, the New Testament. I'm not arguing that fact. But if you really want to get the background on who God was and the way he interacted one-on-one with people, read the Old Testament. Spend some time in it. There's some great stories in the Old Testament. It's actually a very interesting read. And I'm just going to say, before I got into school... I'm very guilty of not spending enough time in the Old Testament. Unfortunately, I took an Old Testament literature class, which forced me to read the Old Testament. 
But my point is, there was some great stuff once I got in there. So we've got to spend time in the Word because that's where you're going to find instruction. That's where you're going to find encouragement. When things aren't going well, look to the Scriptures. Look at some of the things that the apostles went through. Look at some of the things that Jesus went through. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a few minutes. But the Bible offers so much hope and encouragement and knowledge that you've got to spend the time to get to know it and to know what the Bible says. And I'm not saying you have to be able to quote Scripture like Brother Glenn does, which I'm so jealous of. But you've got to know what the Bible says because how can we take that word to other people if we don't know what it says? And the Bible specifically tells us that we are to take it where? Everywhere, into all the world. It doesn't say just the preachers and just the teachers. It says that we should all do it. But we got to know what's in there, right? And again, I'm not saying you got to quote book, chapter, and verse because that's great if you can. But for most of us who have way too many things in their heads, you can't necessarily always do that. But you got to know where to go to find it. And we have this amazing tool called Google. And you can Google scriptures about X, Y, Z, scriptures about stress, scriptures about prayer, scriptures about scripture, and you can find anything you want with Google. Use the tools that you have available to you, but you got to spend time in the word. You got to show God that he is a priority and you got to make that time. But when you do, you'll be blessed by it. Next thing I want to look at is pray more. And that's going to be in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. So if you would, turn back with me to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. And it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened opened. Again, look at the wording of that scripture. It says, will. Seek and you will find. Ask and ye will receive. But what's the key? We got to ask. Again, it goes back to building a relationship. You can't have a relationship with someone you don't talk to. You just can't. Not a good one anyway. Husband and wives, what happens when communication at home breaks down? Do things go well? No, they don't. It's the same way with God. We get to talk to the creator of the universe. Let that sink in for just a second. We get to talk to the creator of the universe. And here's the kicker. He wants to talk to you. Now, if that doesn't blow you away, if that doesn't give you chills, I don't know what will. But the person who breathed into existence the entire universe wants to talk to you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. Sometimes we get so focused on everything else that's going on in our lives We might say a quick prayer before our food. We might say a quick prayer when someone is needing prayer, which we don't do enough of. Because I read this staggering statistic the other day that 70% of the time you tell somebody you're praying for them, you never actually pray for them. You're just saying it. It's just lip service. 
which that scares me and frightens me as well, but we could get into that another time. But talking to God. He wants you to come to him. Does he know what's in your heart? Of course he does. But he wants to hear from you. He wants you to say, God, this is what I need you to do. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm thankful for. But he wants to have that two-way conversation. Now, unfortunately, we don't always get the answers right now. We don't always get the answer that we're looking for. And he doesn't send messengers down anymore. But he gave us something even better when he gave us the Holy Spirit. But you got to talk to God. Again, it shows the priority that you're putting in God and you're fulfilling your side of the relationship, right? He woke you up this morning. He did his part. He made you get here safely this morning. But do we bring that full circle and thank him for doing just that? And sometimes prayer is a tough thing because sometimes when life is really hard, it's really tough to have the words to say. But guess what? You don't have to have the words to say because you can ask him to pray on your behalf and you can just reach out to him. And sometimes we think the prayers have to be these formal things like, dear heavenly father, da, 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 da. And there's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes it's as simple as, really, God, what are we doing here? And that's okay, because that's what relationships are about. Sometimes they're easy, and they're smooth, and you know exactly what to say. And other times, you fumble over your words, and you don't know exactly what to say, but you don't have to. It's the fact that you're going to him in prayer. That's what he wants. That's what he needs. And guess what? That's what we need. Because the power of prayer is a real thing. We were talking this morning in youth group about the disciples and uh, when Jesus calmed the waters. And they were freaking out, right? And Jesus was sleeping on the boat. But Jesus didn't do anything until they went to him and asked. He knew what was going on. He's not stupid. He knew the disciples would freak out. But once they went to him and asked, what did he do? He did exactly what they asked him to do, and he calmed the waters. But we got to ask. I love this scripture because it says, ask and it will be given to you. Doesn't always happen in our timing, right? Because we tend to want things right now, right? Because we have a cell phone in our pocket, we can get anything. You can get things on Amazon today. If you order it right now, you can get it by this afternoon, Right? That's, kind of the, that's kind of the society that we live in, and that's kind of our mindset. So you may not get the answer right now that you want, but the answer is coming. It's coming. But we have to have the faith to wait for it. All righty, last but not least. Trust God always. If you turn with me over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. So Hebrews eleven six. 6, otherwise it's on the screen for you. It says, and without faith... It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Trusting God's a tricky one, guys. It really is. Because we're not promised an easy life here on earth, right? We're going to struggle. It happens. It happens to all of us. I can remember times back when Lizzie and I first got married and I was working in sales. And for those of you who have worked in sales, it's a roller coaster. 
Some months you're rolling in the dough and some months you're scraping by. But I can remember times where it'd be about a week out from payday and I'm going, I don't know how we're going to eat from now until payday because the money just wasn't there. But you know what I found is the more that we looked to God and the more that we trusted him, the more that he provided. Because not one time do we not make it to payday without being able to eat and to feed our family. But you have to trust. It is so easy to trust God when life is good. When you get that promotion. When things are going your way. When everything is coming up roses. Your marriage is great. Your kids are great. There's plenty of money in the bank account. I don't know what that's like, but I'm sure some of you do. There's plenty of money in the bank account. And things are going great. It's so easy to be like, thank you, God. Thank you. Hashtag blessed. Right? I see that all the time. Because things are going great. I got the new car. I got the promotion. Life is good. But what happens when life isn't good? What happens when you don't get the job? Or even worse, you lose your job. What happens when somebody in your family gets sick? All of a sudden now, it's so much harder to trust in God. The same God that heals the lame, the same God that heals the blind, we stop and think, wait a minute, where is God in all of this? Why is he not fixing my problems? Because trusting God is so hard when things aren't going good, but that's exactly when we should be clinging to him even more and reading more and praying more and working on our relationship with him. Because I don't know about you guys, but when I have not felt close to God, and I go back and I look at that, guess what? It's when I'm not reading, it's when I'm not praying, it's when I'm not doing my part of the relationship, is when I don't feel close to God. So we've got to trust him. Even during those difficult, hard, unfair times, we have to trust him. And that's what faith is all about. It's all about what happens during the hard times. Do we start going, like, like David did in, the, in Psalms 22, do we start going, God, you've neglected me, you've forsaken me, you're not there. Because what does he promise us in the Bible? He will never leave us, and he will never forsake us. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that God loves us. And I believe that if God didn't really feel that way about us, he would not have put it in the Bible. But it's there. And see, that's what we need to cling to when things get tough. God hasn't left us. Maybe there's something out of that we need to learn. Or maybe it's just not his plan for us. You know, there was a job that I really wanted in Phoenix. I thought it was the perfect job for me. I thought it was the job I'd always wanted. And I didn't get it. I was qualified for it. I'd already been doing it. There's really no reason I shouldn't have had that job, but for whatever reason, I didn't get it. And at the time, I was devastated. Because I'm like, God, this is what I've been working for for five years. Why didn't I get this job? But you know what? Had I taken that job, I wouldn't be standing here with you folks today. Because I'd still be in Phoenix, and I'd still be doing that job. But see, at the time, why, God, why? But it was because he had a different plan for my life. And he brought me here. Because God knows the plan he has for you. Our part is to trust it.
even when it doesn't go the way we want it to go, and even when it doesn't seem fair, we have to trust him in all things, the good ones and the bad. All right, so just to recap, four things that we as Christians, and these are things I want to encourage you to really think about. And again, if you're doing these things, fantastic. Keep doing it. But if you're like me, and I'm assuming some of us, others of us, maybe some of these things you haven't been focusing on or haven't been going the way you want it to go. What a great opportunity as we move into a brand new year to really stop and think, am I doing the things that I need to be doing to grow closer to God this year? And again, I'm not saying you can't make more money. I'm not saying you can't lose weight. I'm not saying you can't quit smoking. But what are some things that we can do to please God and to build our relationship with him. Because at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Because if you don't have that, you don't have eternity. So put God first. Spend more time in the word. Pray more. And trust God always. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we are thankful for this opportunity that we've had to come together this morning to sing some songs of praise unto you and to learn another portion of your word. And Heavenly Father, as we are on the brink of a new year and a new decade we just pray that you will continue to guide us on the path that you would have us to go in. We pray, Heavenly Father, that we will learn to trust you through the good times and the bad, through the sunny times and through the storms. So, Heavenly Father, help us to just open our eyes to what we need to be doing differently in the year to come than we have in the years gone by. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for all that you blessed us with. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. In just a moment, Brandon's going to come up and lead us in another song. And you have an opportunity, while it's still 2019, to leave this place today in a right relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never been baptized, and you want to take that opportunity this morning to be baptized for the remission of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The baptistry is full, it's warm, it's even clean. We'd be happy to do that for you this morning so that you can leave here as a baptized believer or maybe you've been a Christian your whole life, but you've fallen away and you haven't put God first. The Bible tells us that we are to confess those sins before men. You can come forward and we will pray with you and we will hug you and we will cry with you if necessary, but we will do whatever it takes to help you leave this place today feeling better about your relationship with Jesus Christ. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to come forward as we stand together and sing.